Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Passes away in flight of H161. That's flight of H161. Please approach the gate. Your flight is now ready to board. You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast. Are oh, you locked into the Out of Home Podcast? You're listening to the Out of Home Podcast featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yas, and Stephen. You London boys are crazy. What's going on, people? It's your boy Kwam's here in Amsterdam. And you got your boy Loki here in London. Shout out to Yaf Steven every time. Yeah, yeah. But me and Kieran are going to take you through the last episode, the finale, if you will, of the Golden Generation series, the recap, the finale. We're going to be hearing from the last three members of our all-star cast, Coco, Gunnafort and Angelo and me and Kieran, you'll be hearing us popping up throughout the episode, just list, navigating you f- through the journey of getting to know what these three characters think about creativity, community and identity. Yo, Key, you got anything on your end, my brother? Yeah, man. Um, thank you for that, bro. I think we started these Golden Generation conversations because we wanted to get a lot closer to the cast members and get their point of views on community, creativity and identity. We hope that you've enjoyed um, the last few episodes. This is going to be the last one. Uh, And yeah, it's a a really dope one. Like, Gunnafort, Coco, Angelo, three amazing individuals that we've got to get closer and understand and share space with in Amsterdam. So yeah, sit back. Enjoy this one. And that's it. We're very excited to play this one. Play, turn it up loud. Do what you need to do. It's episode 161, the Golden Generation finale. Let's go! Man like Gunnafort, the gentleman, the scholar, who just happens to be a bookstore owner. And you're going to hear from him on our three main themes. Yo, Gunnafort, take it away, my brother. So where does the collaborative aspect of Amsterdamers or maybe just the Amsterdam scene come from. Uh, I've never been to uh, a New York. I've been in London, uh, in Paris, but Amsterdam is definitely not those type of cities. Um, it's actually fairly small. It's almost like a village, right? You can cross down in, in, in 30 minutes. What makes it so small and quaint, sometimes I feel that we all just have to get along with each other. Um, So that's first and foremost, the first thing that comes to my mind, maybe a second thing, and I'm not sure if there's a correlation, but I think it's an interesting hypothesis, is what the Netherlands and Amsterdam here behind us brought to the world in the golden age were or things like uh, a cooperative entrepreneurship, right? So sending out a boat, but you hardly had one person that could invest in the whole trip and going to India and, and coming back. So what they used to do is divide the investment cost in 
like 10, 20, 30 um, mercenaries or, or, or business people, and they would invest together. And this later became um, um, our, um, how do you call it? A stock market, basically. Um, the fact that the Netherlands is four meters underwater, right? So from a very, very hundreds of years ago, the Netherlands and the Dutch people had to work together to build these dikes to keep the sea out. You know, you can't be egoistic when you're trying to keep the sea out. So I think all of these um, elements come together and make Amsterdam a, a very fertile ground for collaboration. Gunnafort has a really amazing story. His family fled Rwanda at the age of seven because of the Civil War, and ever since then, the Netherlands has been home. Listen to how his passion for books, which would eventually become his profession, grew as a child. Okay, so I believe my connection with books started before maybe I was born. So um, I come from a long lineage of um, very bright thinkers, and um, had two grandfathers that way before you could go to school or university in Rwanda were go-getters and, and uh, yeah, gentlemen that studied abroad. Um, actually at home still have some of their books um, 50, 60 years later, which they used to learn the English language, for instance, or learn certain subjects. But when we fled and arrived uh, here in the Netherlands, Obviously, I had to learn the language. And one of the things my mom used was, uh, or techniques, was that every week we used to go to the library. And uh, um, yeah, I was allowed to pick out like four books. And the next week on Wednesday, yeah, the books had to be finished. And uh, yeah, grab the next four books. And I did that for years. So you almost get conditioned the same as a kid that does track and field from a young age and trains five times a week, right? But now, as a 30-year-old, as a my relationship with books is quite esoteric. I could almost say it's one of my biggest loves on this planet. I think books as a medium were way, way, way uh, before their time. So the book's been around for thousands of years. Um, they are actually one of the largest developments in communication uh, that we experience as, as humans. And I love that now, where you would think that the book is actually an absolute, uh, obsolete medium, um, I believe it uh, has more um, right to be here than ever before. So very shortly, what I like about books now is that uh, it's basically its tangibility um, and, and the fact that it's actually quite hard to make. So the quite hard to make is to make a book, you have a high... Um, barrier of entry. You need a lot of money to do it, a lot of time. And the words of uh, my man, the late Anthony Bourdain, he said uh, writing books was his least lucrative uh, endeavor uh, during his life. Um, but because it's, it has this high barrier of entry, you know that when you have a book in your hand, it's not, it's not something that somebody just did on a, on a random Tuesday afternoon, right? It's, um, it's tried, it's tested, it's curated, it's filtered. And um, yeah, for me, it helps with this anxiety um, of the current times that we're in. We have so much information that I prefer when I you know, have a project about X or need to write something about Y 
to get a book and have a little bit more confidence that the information I'm consuming is is worthwhile and is uh, is relevant and um, it's not fake news. One of the most amazing things about Gunnarfoot and meeting him and learning what he does is the mere fact that he's a black man that owns a bookstore. And to me, it just, it blows my mind, but it also fills me with so much pride and respect because there were times in our history where people would say, if you want to keep information away from black people, hide it in a book. That was something that was the rhetoric during desegregation times and even before when our ancestors were basically getting killed for trying to read and write. So, like, to see this generations after and to know that there's a man in Amsterdam called Gunnarfoot who owns a bookstore called Mendo doing his thing, to me, is just super special. We also asked him what his advice would be for people who are in the process of finding their creativity and being the well-read man that he is, this is what he had to say. It's a very difficult question because, you know, all of us humans are, are different, but if I can give my own personal experience, um, I think you need to listen to yourself and... Yeah, have those inner dialogues and, 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 and be more aware of how you feel when doing certain things, right? So you can do, for instance, I, I was working in banking and basically performing quite well, but I didn't feel content. I, I still felt some internal battle almost daily going to work. And after a while, you need to sit yourself down with yourself and yeah, literally ask yourself the question, if I die tomorrow, would I be happy with this workday that I spent here? Or if I die next month, will I be happy with the legacy I've left behind with this job or, or, or whatever you're doing? Having said that, also a couple years ago, three years ago, I became a father. Uh, beautiful baby boy and through him I've learned that we as humans we're creative beings in, in our essence we like to play, we like to create and throughout life we forget that so basically I think even, even a doctor even uh, a scientist uh, whoever you are uh, being in touch and aligned with your creativity I think is uh, actually an essential life trait so I think so many of us need to hear things like that because we believe that we aren't creative. We believe that because we're working in jobs or positions that don't require us to think creative, we don't believe that we are. But there's a truth in what Gunnarfort is saying that in all walks of life, it requires you to think creatively. Every decision that you make in a day can be attributed to. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A creative solution. I think that we become so accustomed and so normalized to some of our behaviors that we don't even recognize when we are acting in a creative manner. So, yeah, I would just say take time to think about the things that you do in your life that are actually creative because everyone has the capacity to do so. But from one creative to the next, we move from Gunnafort to Coco, an international photographer who has appeared on Elle magazine, Vogue, you name it. Uh, she really is flying the flag for the culture in Amsterdam. And we asked her how she got into her thing, how she got into photography. How did she pick up a camera and decide that this was what she wanted to do? I actually got into photography when I was 14, when I got my first uh, camera. And it was a very, very slow camera. So I would put it somewhere, press the button, run in front, and then, you know, take pictures of myself. This was all before there were... And before selfie time, actually. And, um, yeah, I would photograph myself. And at some point, you know, I was tired of my own face. So I started photographing my sisters and my family and friends. And this was, you know, during high school, I'm very dyslexic. So, you know, reading and writing is, you know, I was very slow in reading. So I really enjoyed, you know, expressing myself in images. So it made sense for me to just play around with photography and do loads of like edits. And when I look back at it now, it looks very ugly. But at that time, I thought like I was becoming an artist. So um, yeah, I started actually very young. And then I wanted to go to art school, but I didn't get in. So I went a different route, but always, um, I always kept doing photography. And, uh, and now I made my work out of it. Heritage, identity, and foundation. These words come up a lot when discussing not only your past, your present, but also your future. And hear how the lovely photographer and just all-around person, a bundle of joy, Coco, explains what her heritage means to her. Yeah, I think my heritage is very important in my photography work. Um, it's actually when I went to Nigeria for the first time in 2018 that everything started to make sense for me as a photographer and on a personal level as well. But, um, you know, before that, I was already shooting. I was already a freelance photographer. But I think knowing where you're from, 
made me realize why I want to be a photographer and how I want to use photography. Now, we know Coco is half Nigerian and half Dutch, but she wasn't born in Amsterdam, right? Coco, where, you, where were you born? I was born in the east side of the Netherlands. Where else is that? In, in a really beautiful city called Zutphen. Them ones, okay. Shout out to the Sitzfon people, them. But, um, yeah, like I just love hearing about you being out of home. Tell me more. Me coming to Amsterdam, like now, already 14, 15 years ago, um, has influenced me a lot. And that's mostly because of the people here, yeah. When you think about it, it's actually mad how much your creativity can stem from not only your identity, but the person you were and the person you've become. Listen to Coco speak about these particular themes. For me, identity is the main thing. Um, and the fun thing about identity is that it's not one thing, you know. It, it, it's something that changes. And I really enjoy learning more about myself, where I come from, who I want to be. And that's... I think that reflects in the photos I'm taking. Um, so when I look at my, my, you know, my portfolio and when I look at the work that I made two years ago and one year ago, you can see that, oh, that was what, where I was at that moment. You know, that was where I stand for. That was what I thought, import, thought was important at that moment. Um, so, yeah, my identity is, I think my photography is more of a reflection of my identity, I guess, yeah. My creative process always starts with the, person I photograph. So I like to take my time. I like to talk to you. I like to know who you are. So um, I invest a lot of time in, in the people I photograph. And um, on my shoots, things go very natural, actually. So most of the time, I don't even know where I'm shooting. So I just look at where the light is good. And um, yeah, I just like to create as we go, um, which is sometimes a bit tricky when you do commercial work because when you do commercial work, you know, you need to plan everything and I like to keep things like as natural as possible. Um, and then, yeah, I think I, when I, when I take a picture of someone, you would see that person in the picture, but I think what you actually see is how I see you. And there you have it. Coco, a woman so humble, yet so brilliant, yet so poised, yet so delicate, just speaking about her start in the industry and how she wants the next wave of black female photographers to believe in their abilities and they can too rise to the top. Now last, but by no means least, is Angela Brome, an entrepreneur, a connector, an educator, a cultural activist, if you will, just an all-around great guy. Now he's going to tell you what he thinks for the next generation and their plans for world domination and how they can tap into them. Uh, my connection to South East, uh, apart from being born and raised there, is also, um, I, was, I, bro I was brought up in a way where we are very active in, in the community. Um, and I'm very analytical, so I like to watch the motions of, of South East. So I, I also tend to create ideas and, and opinions about certain stuff. So I'm very active in, in the community as well. Like if you look at the community uh, at, at large, for me, it's always been easy to connect because I started uh, uh, like 24 years ago. Um, like I said, I was bo born and raised in Southeast. I know a lot of the people there. Um, I w I've been working with, with uh, young creatives 
uh, ever since 2007. So we, we're kind of rooted within the community. People know that if you're a creative, uh, somehow left or right, you got to, you know, meet up with the people from Prospect 11, not me per se, but like one of one of the people from from the team. Um, but we also keep keep uh, connecting. We you know we use social media a lot. Um, we we help a lot of entrepreneurs out. We uh, want to be part of different journeys. So the connections are are, are uh, widely spread. Naturally, being from London and coming to Amsterdam, we saw how different creatives collaborate in Amsterdam, and. We actually wanted to ask somebody who works with creatives on a day-to-day basis, what makes Amsterdam such a fertile ground for collaboration? What makes the creativity in Amsterdam unique? I think it's mainly uh, the mix of, um, let's say, Western culture and people that are uh, cultural heritage. Um, um, Like, the Netherlands doesn't have a really dominant culture. So like, let's say if you look at uh, the United States, uh, p- people tend to blend into the, to, to like the American way of living a lot. Um, and, and you see that, that uh, ethnic culture kind of fades away. And I think in, in the Netherlands, because there's not a very, very heavy uh, uh, own culture, people are not really that much patriotic. Uh, it's very easy to say, okay, let, let's create a blend of uh, the, the Dutch culture, my own ethnic background, and then and and I, I think the, the 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 magic happens within within the third culture, within where all those different things come come together, and I think the urban culture, street culture, however you want to call it, t- takes over. Angelo and Prospect Eleven play such an integral part in a creative's journey in Amsterdam. They provide access to people that don't necessarily have the opportunities to be part of the creative scene in Amsterdam and from the southeast. And we just wanted to ask him where he saw the future of creativity in Amsterdam going. Uh, the vision for the next generation of Amsterdam youth uh, that was specifically dive into uh, youth of color. Um, understand that everything out there is also made and meant for you. Um, don't grow up with the with with the mindset of limitations, thinking that some stuff are not for you. Some are, you know, this is for them and not and not for us. I think that uh, beginning life with that mindset limits your options before others will limit it for you. Um, that's one part. The other part, I think, is be, be creative, uh, be honest, uh, especially to yourself. Um, don't really care about if you're honest to others, but be as honest to, to yourself. Um, be a hard worker. Be a person of pride. Uh, and also don't understand like what our forefathers had to go through to get where we are right now. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, a, a weight that's on you that, 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 that doesn't allow you to move forward, but it has to be something that's in your mind uh, that, which creates gratitude, and I think that is needed to, to really grow. Um, and, and advice I could give to the youths to really tap into the creative uh, self is um, it's just like a language, right? Um, the more you read, the more words you know, the more words you know, 
the, the broader your conversation will be. And that's the same thing with, with cre creativity. It's a language. So the more you see, go out there, feed yourself, you know, um, uh, be hungry for in information. And always translate it from, from within. Like you see something, what does it do to you? How does it create your uh, original output? But do not limit yourself. Do not limit yourself of fear. Do not limit yourself uh, because you, you, you want to stay real. You don't want to copy other people's styles. It's, it's about broadening uh, your, your vocab and then, and then creating that output that you want to do. Well, well, well. And there you have it. The recap, the finale, the end, or only the beginning maybe, <laughs> of the Golden Generation recap. Shout out to Yaf and Steven. Thank you for Kieran for helping me with this one and big thanks to all of the cast members, all of the talent and anyone that handled the movie. Um, we're very excited about it and where it's going, the conversations that we've had. We hope you've been inspired and this is just uh, another cog in our home story. Uh, the Awesome Foursome will be back next week. It's been a while. I believe in the same place, but hmm, I wonder why that would be. Anyway, don't touch that dial. We'll see you next week. It's your out of home, boys. This is Quams from Amsterdam. And we'll be with you very, very soon. Peace! You London boys are crazy. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.